Hello and welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 105. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello, sir. How are oh, you? Good. I have a convertible Ferrari Testarossa you do? right next to me. Indeed. I it did. is. Let it be known that it is a 124th scale kind of crappy model. But it is a copy of the Newport engineering convertible that was used, that Michael Jackson used in a Pepsi commercial. Oh, wonderful. I had to do just what I, I wanted. I did a, wa- a whopping 30 seconds of research before <laughs> we started the episode so I could say something about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly kind of how I rip articles off the internet, too. So, for yeah. arbitrage. Well, I, I needed something to do while you were doing that because I was. Um, I, I do all this, like, earlier in the week. Gotcha. It's, like, Wednesday. I'm, like, fixing to do something. So I'm, like, I need to do something to feel productive <laughs> outside of work. Yeah. <laughs> I I would. I think I used to. And during the winter, I think I'm much more apt to actually fill out the notes during the week. But during the warm months, I You're mean. You're doing stuff, yeah. Well, I, I get down here, and I start 10 minutes ahead of time on the show. And I just look through, like, two or three different sources, and I find something that's interesting to me, and then we just cover that. So well, it's, th- that's why my topics are a little bit shorter. They're they're really just talking pieces, and we riff off of that. And right. I mean, we don't have a script at all. Well, yeah. Well, if we did, it would probably suck. Or the document itself would be like film. A mile line. Yeah, it, it would be, be film length. Really, so. really awful. Anyway, um, I, I normally would cover beer at this point. I am currently not drinking one. It looks like. There was a uh, yeah, Northeast I, I, in there? There was a solitary Northeast. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, man. I didn't even know it was in there. I told you. I, That's right. I if some, I didn't know it's there. I have some beer I'm going to bring you, so I'm not going to be a dick about it. Um, anyway, uh, Patreon. Yep. Uh, we need to plug that because that w- we now we have a solitary Northeast. And you know why? Why? Because we need more Patreons. Well, we need more it's patrons so, on Patreon. It's so bad. It's so lonely. Um, I, that's why I've been drinking Pepsi. Please, please help us. It's worth noting that we've only gotten through, I think, with uh, we are thankful for the patrons that we have, but I think we've only gotten a third of the way through paying for the equipment I bought over yeah, a year ago so. for the show. So we haven't even gotten into any beer offset at this point. But yeah, if you are interested in supporting the show, please and head on to patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. I, I would be willing if, if they wanted. I think we could probably plug them. You know, whoever our patrons are, you know, whenever they join us, just yeah, say, you know, say a thank you over if there. If they're vain, we can yeah, absolutely if, if do that for if them. If they're vain like that, if that's what it requires for Yeah, if you, you guys want a shout out, just, you know, yeah, shoot just, us a message and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, stroke your ego on the, on the a show. A little bit. Yeah, for, just for, a little bit, not too much. If Corey's ever returned from the wolves, he might stroke a little bit more for you. But anyway, so let's talk about <laughs> last week. Um, actually, it was two weeks ago, I think, at this point, the Intermark show. Yes. Um, so we've, I don't think we've, uh, we've mentioned the show before. We hadn't covered it before on the podcast because I missed I, it last year. Yeah, you, you went this year. I did go this and year. And I, I actually wrote, a, I'm writing a two-piece article okay. on it. On, I, I did, I got part one up. I'm in the process of writing part two. But I saw part one on the Carpetrash Facebook. I, I needed to make it a two-piece because I like the show that much. It's it's a good show. I normally, it's really solid. Normally when I write an article about a show, I talk about the cars that were there, and that's about it because I want to avoid all the crappiness. You know, I don't want to be a jerk about shows. I mean, mm-hmm. I will if I have to, but I usually try not to. But, um, no, Intermark, they really just nailed it so hard with this show. It's, it is surprising how... I mean, it's almost like the Cars and Caves in a way because it, it's actually pretty well publicized. Yeah. But it's in channels that, like, the fuckboys never see. Oh, it's yes. great. Yeah. It, it's kind of... A, oh, sorry, Jana. I had your microphone oh. down. Um, Jana said, yes, I agree. <laughs> okay, yes. perfect. It, she, you should be able to hear her now. I've turned it up. So, um, 
but yeah, I mean, you pull in, first of all, it's in downtown Osseo, which is just mm-hmm. a small town in the northwestern suburbs of uh, Minneap- so Buffalo, Minneapolis. Second <laughs> ring, third ring, third ring suburb on the north side. Yes, because it's up near 610. Because, yeah, you get, you get Robbinsdale, and then you right. get Brooklyn Park, and then you get Osseo. So you come off of one of our main north-south roads, you head about a mile off of that, and you get into what looks like a fairly quaint little town. Not, yeah, yeah, I mean, not... Um, you you literally will miss it. Yeah, you you easily it's, could. You will easily and, miss it coming off the highway. And the main yes. street isn't like I mean it is connected to that road that you come off of, but you don't you don't. It's see a stop it. sign. Right. So it's a stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I went in on the side and um, I was just driving the 850 down there uh, parallel to the show, and I got waved in at a stop sign from an older fellow. Like I, I didn't know You're where like, the entrance oh, was. Oh, oh okay. He just like points at me and like does the wave with the arm. So I he moves the little barrier. I hop in, I get up to the front, and like clearly they're not used to BMWs attending this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is like, I don't know where we should park you. So he just sends me down and parks me by the Citroens, which was yeah. good. The French cars, yes. Right. And then after I walked around for a while, I realized that there were multiple BMWs that at the were show. just all over the place. Yeah. yeah well, they were kind of clustered, but not really. Not really. They yeah. wouldn't have it's, mattered well, either way. Well, the Mercedes were clustered because they were, they were the featured yeah. mark. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So lots, lots of, I mean, we'll get there too, but I mean, I parked up, we walked we saw Michael with all the Citroens. Yep. Um, yes. Jen spent right. a lot of time talking to him. I'm sure. We did. Yeah. The English car row. We had a very good, me and Michael had a very good conversation about uh, coach built uh, DS's. So. God, I'm glad I avoided that. <laughs> and then uh, head the other way, go through the Mercedes section. Lots of nice, clean R107s, a couple yes. of Pagodas. Like a wide body Koenig <clears throat> SEC. <clears throat> no, it wasn't Koenig, it was AMG, but. Oh, yeah, whatever. Is it is a 560 SEC AMG Mr. Hockyard's Triumph Wagon. And did you see a Triumph Stag? Uh, that was probably. across from it? It was running. It was weird. I've never seen anything like nah, that. No, I probably ignored it. I was too busy looking at Hockyard's car. Yeah, but it was... a couple a, old Rolls Royces. Yeah, so, so. there was no Grey Poupon on any of those. Two MR2 Spiders. Really? Both of which were fairly clapped out. One of them had a 2ZZ swap, though. So that was pretty I cool. I didn't see either of those. I saw. Cool. Did you see the Austin Healy? Um, there's a Austin Healy. With a 7M in it? TR4. No, is it? I think it was a TR4. Is your TR. It might have been a I didn't look at the car itself. It had a Beams 3SGE. I saw a Silvertop 4A swapped. Yep. Little baby guy. Yeah, that, that was a Sprite. Yeah, that was Which pretty is cool. Really cool. Yeah. That's my favorite British car of all time. So I took I, t- I, t- I, t- I took photos of four cars there. That was one of them. I took more. Did you see the Humbler Super Snipe? Do you know what a Humbler Super Snipe is? Ryan, you know damn well I don't know what a Humbler Super Stripe is. Snipe. I don't Super care. Snipe. It's a great name for a car. Okay. But anyway, it Professor looks Professor Snipe. It looks like a Checker Marathon. Okay. Which is not impressive at all. No. That's it a, has an inline six. That's pretty cool. A cross flow in line six nice. with hemispherical pistons, uh, cylinder heads. Hemispherical pistons. Sorry. <laughs> hemispherical. Yeah, of course they're hemispherical. Sorry, cylinder heads. Um, uh, that's funny. And yeah, domed piston tops as well. But uh, no, it was actually really, really cool because the more I looked at it, the more awesome. It, it was like totally like unrestored. Like the guy found it in a barn somewhere. But um, I, I did some research on it because like. I, we were, me and Richard were walking through Hulkyard, and we were walking through looking at all the weirdo British cars because he likes those, and so do I. Uh, and then I found it's like, what the hell is that? And yeah, it was a, it was a Humbler Super Snipe, and I never looked into them, and they're very cool cars. 
Anyway, so there were a couple of clean NA Miatas. Uh, the Borgward Isabella. There was a car with a 7M GTE swapped in it that just was like, it was like an old Volvo wagon or something. Oh, weird. There. Yeah, it was Did, weird. But you saw that Borgward, right? I don't know, maybe. The big red 50s looking car in with all the French cars? No. Oh, it was a German car. That one was another Hemisphere Ooh, ooh. Can we talk about a car that was just outside of the show? Yes. The, the Callaway Twin Turbo Sledgehammer? I didn't see that. Oh, man, oh, that's yeah. like my favorite C4. Oh, it was a beautiful red twin turbo. Oh, I've seen... Was that the one that was at um, Cars and Coffee I a couple years ago? I believe so, yes. Did you see that super... So I, t- I took a picture of that, the 4A car. Oh, let me see that. So that is in a Austin Healey Sprite Mark II. Um, did you see that really, really, really clean uh, second-gen Celica Supra? I did, actually. Oh, look at that Callaway. Oh, I, I walked up to him like, oh, is it just an aero body or is it a twin turbo? And then I see the glass where it's got it etched in twin turbo. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> extremely rad. And it was Ann Manuel, so that was good. Perfect. That, yes. That's peak rad. In this yeah, it was, it was pretty pretty great. I'm very just, happy that oh, that exists. Callaway etched into the wheels. It's just so rad. Like it's said, a great so. car. Um, <laughs> it, so... All right, there were a few old school Jaguars there, a, mm-hmm. a, a number of them. Yeah, actually, quite a few. There was a Jaguar Mark II. Um, I think there were a couple. Yeah, there were a couple. But have you ever looked under the hood of one of those? Yeah. Oh man, is that wedged? Yeah. Th- though what's weird though is they put the muffler over the engine. Have you noticed that? Mm-mm. Yeah. It's a crossover pipe that was feeding the carburetor to the intake manifold. There's a, like the exhaust goes up and over the engine. They have a big huge muffler that's up against the firewall and then goes down and out the back didn't even notice that yeah it was really weird what if they use it for like heat it must be like an engine it, i guess it kind of makes sense because like then you get a quieter engine and you get a bigger better muffler heat too it heats up the engine more and then also you can allow the car to be lower huh because you don't need the I can't believe i didn't notice that yeah I, I, that was the first thing i noticed and i thought it was the weirdest thing in the world i actually spent a fair bit of time looking at those cars too but the uh we spent a lot of time at the french cars that Borgward, like next it was next to the lloyd uh 600 mm. but that car was my car of the show was that did you Borgward. guys see the plastic body at citroen which one it was like a it was based on a 2cv but it was an all plastic oh, the lomax. body the lomax right? so cool yeah the lomax is really cool yeah, yeah. it's a gray one yeah, he was. Uh, cool. That that was very cool. Um, there's also an all original MGTD on wire wheels with the narrow tires mm-hmm. that was there. I did see that. Usually people put the big fat good tires on, but I don't like that. I, <laughs> I, want, I want a party. I want to be able get, to power slide a car with 40 horsepower. Yeah, I'm not getting an MGTD to like actually be good <laughs> in anything. I'm getting because it it's an MGTD. I did vomit in my mouth a couple times with the TR7s. Um, yeah, but beyond that. Anyway, the, t- the TR7s kind of like they're kind of like the Tri Five, where like there's a lot of them that are there. Yeah. Or no, I, I wasn't thinking of the TR7; I was thinking of Spitfire, because Spitfire is oh, always a lot like of those too. Yeah. The, it, the wheel tire proportion on those just isn't good to me. You know, I'm, I I think it's I think it's goofy. I like it. It, it reminds me of a uh, Renault Four CV, where that's oh. it's it looks like it's got too big of feet. Yeah. Um, but no, it's my issue with it is that there's so many tasteless ones. Just the worst ones, like tasteless, tasteless <laughs> ones with like GM thirty four hundred engine swaps oh, and stuff, which is like is man, a legitimate engine swap. Why it's like would still, you do that? Dude, the Miata engine exists. Like you're gonna engine swap it, put a Miata engine in. The four A exists. There's so many any other number engines. of engines. Literally any engine. The rotary. The 
you, you have a you have a you have a triumph, <laughs> a triumph with a two and a half liter inline six. You, there can't be that many engines that are worse. Yeah, like that. Those aren't known for having a good engine. No, like, they're great cars. Yeah, I mean, Richard engines. talked to us about that. I'm like, even if you're pretty kind to them, they just need to be replaced after a while. Yeah, they, they it's a sucky engine, and it's just. Don't put in a Oldsmobile silhouette engine. There's so many better things. Yeah. So you're just putting in Dexcool problems. Yeah, you are. Anyway, uh, let's move yes. on to uh, your topic here. Yes, I want to keep uh, this rolling just because we version. have to do shorter yes. episodes this week. Hot version. Uh, okay. the, what is that? So there is a Japanese version of Top Gear called Best Motoring. <laughs> yes, I am actually aware of this now so because of you. Best Motoring has a spinoff, which is about the Japanese aftermarket in- industry, okay. called Hot Version. And hot version isn't like, you know, like we have like aftermarket shows here in America from time to time. They're just like really Mm -hmm. bro. Yeah. This one, they, they take like cars, like, like shop, like demo cars and they review them the same way you would a normal car. So like you have like the seeker Honda civic and like the Eminem Honda, like Integra Type R. I'm, oh, just, I'm, I'm just thinking of like cars. That, the Revolver <laughs> AE86. This uh, car is horribly impractical because the trunk is bolted shut. Yeah, like the Tech Arts <laughs> uh, AE86 and stuff. Tommy Kyra. And, yeah, Tommy Kyra, like everything they've ever made. Uh, yeah, so they, they, they take these like these uh, demo cars, these shop cars, are like cars that are built like a Spoon Civic or something, and they, they actually will test them against each other. And instead of having just some random photojournalists like doing it they have actual race car drivers okay so they have nab tanaguchi kaichi sachia and manubo uh otaru i think is a, is the third guy he's a newer <coughs> guy but um they're like actual race car drivers and then there's a lady that's always wearing a leopard print bikini with cat ears because it's japan <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course and they, have, the they have like prosthetic culture. fingers they poke each other with. It's very, very Japanese. What a weird culture. It, it's so weird. It, it's like MXC for cars. <laughs> it's really, really good. I absolutely <laughs> love it. And you know what? Now it's streaming on Amazon. Um, oh, and nice. Yeah. So the, the beautiful thing neat. is they do not give a half of a shit about properly subtitling things. Oh, man. So when they said they were coming to America, they said, um, I need to get the exact quote. Uh, that they had. Is it in here? I can. No, I, I've got it okay. right here. Right. Hot version is coming to Amazon Prime with English subtitle Floodly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see this is going well right off the bat. <laughs> right yeah. off the bat. It's right going off the wonderful. Bat. It's in full HD. Um, but the the best part is since it's coming Floodly, you can now watch it however much you want, as much as you want. And they've been doing this since literally 1990. I think it was the first year they did that. Oh, that's the year I was born. So it's literally been on for 29 years. Oh, so it's like Top Gear. Yeah, it's been on forever with the same people. You do realize 1990 was almost 30 years ago, I know. right? I I just said 29. I'm not talking okay, fine. about this anymore. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it, it's literally been on forever. So they're actually, they have newer seasons than you can find on YouTube. And it used to be like whenever you'd find it, mm-hmm. they would just throw them on YouTube like half-assed the shit out of throwing them on, and like you know, sometimes the uploads would be bad, and you'd like drop sound halfway through, and they just wouldn't fix it because they didn't care. Because in Japan, you just buy the DVD and you're fine. Right. And that's how they have always done it, and they've made plenty of money doing that. So this is just entirely like a thing that they wanted to do. But yeah, now they're actually going to be 
streaming on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime is actually reaching out to the car community, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really happy about that. But, yeah, I'm really excited uh, when Jan's to take a nap later today, hopefully, and I'll be watching that. Fair enough. Maybe I'll watch some when I'm on autopilot heading up north. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it. it's it's a really, really good series. Um, <laughs> Not that I would do that because that's illegal. But, yeah, um, no. They, uh, I highly you, you would just have it on for the audio. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. be listening to it. Yeah. Um, I would recommend the, the subtitled program on for the audio. Yeah. My my favorite episodes <laughs> thus far are uh, back when they used to do it at uh, Sakuba Circuit. They had Sakuba, the VTech Club that. where they had all the VTech powered Hondas in like 2005. But it's like 2005, and you're you're making like VTech. You're making like 250 horsepower in Integra all motor. Like it's pretty cool in 2005. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. That's a ton of power. That is, a, yeah, it's a, especially when you're considering the displacement of the engine. Yeah. probably not being terribly high. 1.8 liters. Um, yeah. And then you have the uh, the A86 in spec tournament where they take all of the A86 touring cars that are still in existence. They race them against each other. <laughs> that sounds like a safe thing to do with all of these like historically significant. Yeah, yeah. A86 it's really funny. Cars. Really, really hilarious because like they actually crashed a couple. Um, <laughs> and we then, have a good body guy. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the newer ones they did a K car shootout. Okay. And then they did another uh, Honda one where they raced uh, 90s Hondas versus modern Hondas. Oh, that'd be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, the the, the, the 90s ones won for the most part. I, I think there say. was like, I think it was like the Mugen Civic RR, like Kimmy's generation from mm-hmm. Drive Cartel. Yeah, yep. Like I think that one won outright. <laughs> but other than that, of course, the car's made entirely of carbon fiber, so it's like obviously it's gonna win. And it has a K series, which means that the you know. I mean, that's, well, that's not to say that it's a better tuning platform than, like, any other twin cam Honda engine, really, but... It, it, it is, it's but it's, pretty like... pretty good. It's, it's, it's a really, really good engine. light engines, yeah. But, yeah, so they, uh... Anyway, so, yeah, so they, they've done, like, a bunch of really good episodes. They have, like, rotary ones. If it's, if it's about a Japanese car, they haven't. And they even do European cars, too. So they'll... <laughs> They did like a hot hatch shootout where like Mini Coopers are in like BMW One Series and stuff against like Civics. Were you guys here yet? When I uh, one of these lucky loos that was walking through for the show today. Yeah. They were talking to me and he like dropped something about minis. I'm like, never ever buy a mini. They're yeah, just they're hot awful. garbage. And the guy's like, I have a mini. I'm like, sell it immediately. Yeah. It's they're not good no, cars. No, it's a horrible car. You're gonna end in pain. Yeah. It's it's not gonna be fun. Did you see those uh, jewelers are losing their mind over the. Uh, E30 M3. Yes. Of course, that's probably that's probably the entire show for you. So, <laughs> that I don't know which car in here gets the most attention. Uh probably that one. I think. I mean, like, the Lamborghini, one, the Lamborghini. Like right at the edge. Yeah. So like a the lot la- of people take butt shots of that thing, but yeah, and it's, it's a very. I like the the old lady that was taking pictures on the underside of the Ferrari. It's like, why is this up in the air? And you're just like, I don't know. It's just like one of my several cars. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> see that. I mean, I, I oh, had to take yeah, off was, briefly for a Craigslist thing. But. I was making a joke that, you know, because the license plate on the Ferrari is on top, and it's on top of on the a top. Yeah, it has to stay up there now. Yeah. Yeah, it, it literally <laughs> is now the top car. Um, yeah, because, like, there's, like, two guys, like, I don't know, millennials, that were like, why is this in the corner? And I was like, eh. Well, I mean... I didn't. I don't think I heard a single person catch the reference of the Ferrari plate this show. That's yeah, a really big bummer. I know. Usually somebody's like, I love that plate. You you really need to get your Goldeneye uh, Laserdisc. Oh yeah. And get your Laserdisc player and put it up there with the Goldeneye like jacket on top of it and if, see if anybody notices. If it was a barrel and nut, I would take the the quarter window just behind the driver's window. Yeah. I would do like Z on the top and then like the oh, flag cute. of Italy or, or uh, really Russia cool. or whatever. That'd be really oh, cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. 
yeah. but I don't have that because it's a convertible, yes. which means it's trash. And it's better. Uh, anyway, okay. now, you um, you really like the new Supra. I do. Well, I mean, I think I can say as a whole that Carbitrage likes the new GR Supra. It, it, yes, we, we can say as a whole. For me, personally, outside of Carbitrage, like, objectively, if it is on my list of cars I really like, like, I like the existence of it. I like the cars as a platform. But um, if I will actually put it on my list of cars I'm really, really, really a fan of, the 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 jury's still out on that. But. Anyway, so I won't bore you to tears, listeners, because you've heard me talk about the GR Supra probably on 80% of the episodes for the last three months. I think it's worthy. However, we talked about the embargo lifting last week. Now, people are actually strapping these things to dynos, and yeah. we are starting to get power numbers. So, um, you know, back when the 276 horsepower limit was set, that handshake agreement for Japanese cars... Yep pretty much everything was extremely underrated. But more recently, Japanese cars have been pretty much right on the money for quoted power figures. Yeah. BMW, though, has since not. releasing turbo engines, has been extremely conservative on their stated power numbers. Like in 2007, when the 335 came out, they listed it as 300 horsepower, 300 foot-pounds of torque. Yeah. They strapped it to the dyno. It made 326 horsepower and 380 foot-pounds of torque. Stock. Jesus. With a six-speed manual. So, like, well, way understated. What's a, it's funny, back in the day when Japanese would do that, is they'd do goofy things because they'd have to fit in that 276, and they'd right. find a way to... Did they not... dieselgate it? No, they wouldn't <laughs> cheat or anything, but they'd like turn the AC on. Uh, <laughs> or they'd, and like... they'd put like a really good AC compressor and make it really hot in the dino room or something? Yeah, like they, they'd, like, yeah, they'd do stuff like they wouldn't turn the fan on the blower so the engine wouldn't run hot, or they'd mm-hmm. do something goofy like that. It cuts or they'll... timing or something just to reduce yeah, the power. Yeah, or they'll put in like 87 octane. There like, you go. They'll swim like butt gas. <laughs> <laughs> just, they'll they find... ship in Nebraska 85 octane just yeah, for their dino they, they run? Will, they will find a way to make their dino run lower or that's like they good point because yeah like the, if you're running it on like a really good pump gas versus like these cars really do have to be designed to run on gas around the world yeah. without damaging themselves so that's probably a lot to do with at least enforced induction cars like yeah you know the computer just has the threshold set higher when you're running proper fuel and so yeah they, they wouldn't diesel gate it but it, it, this is before that they before they would do like go to those lengths they yeah. would just do something like some like backyard fix to make it slower, and they'll run it on like one of the heartbreaker dynos. Yeah, I'll, like run like a like a dirtier filter or something. I'll, like, <laughs> find a way to make it slower. Yeah, we ran through the cottonwood uh, forest before we came here. The filter is pretty plugged up, but like you look at the during the dyno pull, like the the rubber intake pipe is just like <laughs> compressing, sucking it's itself. Like... Yeah, we we put this air filter in the car in the paint booth when the other cars are being painted. So. Oh, it's just... <laughs> Partially blocked. <laughs> partially so anyway, blocked, I digress. Yeah. Back to the GR. Um, since it runs a BMW powertrain, uh, it appears to be significantly understated. So factory quotes, 335 horsepower, 365 foot-pounds. It actually makes 339 horsepower to the tire and 427 foot-pounds, which figuring a conservative... That's a bit of a difference. Uh, it's pretty significant, Yeah. Um, and considering driveline loss of, we'll say, conservatively 15%, that puts that thing, you know, f- almost 400 horsepower and 480 foot-pounds or something yeah. like that. That's pretty stout. That's a so, very, very good engine. It is. Um, the B58 is great. And, yeah, that's that's like half of what it's able to take on stock internals. So, so for everybody that's complaining about the BRC being slow, 
There you go. That's, now you've got a car why. to go jack off to. The BRZ probably I'm, makes quoted horsepower. <laughs> I'm going to happily be driving my BRZ FRS if I ever buy one. Those and are great you, cars. While you guys are the manual. While you guys are jerking off over your Supra or whatever. Dude, was it last week we talked about the take rate on the? Yeah, being like crazy high. Really for the, high for like the, the BRZ. Yeah, yeah. for manuals. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then just a side note, it's not in this article, but um, apparently Toyota internal documentation has said that they are testing manual transmissions in these. Good, because everybody's next pissed. Year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I wonder if they're going to use a BMW manual or a Toyota manual. I bet they'll use the BMW. I really wish they'd use a Toyota part at any point in the production of this vehicle. Do you, you do realize that the Mark IV Supra used a ZF, or I sorry, know. a Getrag I know. German manual, I know. right? I know. Yeah, everybody why it was did. good. Yeah. The V160s. Yeah, the V160. Okay, it was in literally every car in the 90s. That was a 420G. Yeah. <clears throat> a good yeah. transmission. Anyway, uh, there's speaking that. of German, GR's good. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about Lamborghini, a uh, VAG product today. Ooh, okay. <laughs> but I want to compare them against Porsche. Uh, that's a weird comparison. What's going to get weirder? Okay. Porsche and Lamborghini, do you know what they have in common other than being currently owned by Volkswagen? Uh, that's what I was going to go with. They both used to make tractors. Oh, God. So I'm wondering, who oh, makes the better tractor? <laughs> Is it the Lamborghini DL30 or the Porsche Junior? I think the best way to compare these is to have Jana give her opinion on which one's cuter. Okay, so this is the Porsche okay. Junior. It yes. has a two-cylinder air-cooled diesel engine. <clears throat> okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> or the Porsche. Lamborghini DL. I don't know what's in the Lamborghini DL30. I know nothing about that. The Look Porsche. how deco that is. Like, it's so cute. Yeah, the Porsche like, is Like, the Lamborghini cuter. is cute, but por- look, look at that cute Porsche. That this is. thing looks like a beluga whale. It really yeah. does. It's like it's like face. And Should like, I sing baby beluga? It's, it's got a really big forehead on it. It's so cute. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I like the Lamborghini, but Porsche definitely wins. So there for you cuteness, go. I agree. Yeah. Yes. Now, as far as the tractor itself goes, I'm also going with Porsche because I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain the Lamborghini will not be reliable. Yeah, I don't because know what it's made in Italy. Has. It doesn't let's, matter. Let's find it, out. Probably a two-liter V12 or a three-liter V12. Uh, it's a 1.8-liter two-cylinder diesel. Wow, I really nailed on these two comparing them. Yeah, they're, they're both direct competitors. Well, they're a year <laughs> apart, so that makes sense. Two-cylinder diesel. Wow. And then that one, if I'm not mistaken, is a two-cylinder Look at the badge on the Porsche. Porsche diesel. Uh, I like that it uses Porsche front hubs. <laughs> no, you could just bolt Volkswagen or Porsche wheels right onto the front. Yep. And the back is just whatever tractor implement. But. So uh, the, the Lamborghini does have a four-speed. This has a three-speed in it. Mm, is the Lamborghini liquid-cooled or is it air-cooled? I don't know. I don't know what's going on in front of my house right now. There's a bunch of motor notifications. Um, let's see here. Here. I'm trying to see if there's an underhood shot. Oh, that's liquid cool. It is liquid cooled. Hmm. I'm gonna. I'm still gonna have to say the. Ooh, man. I think I'm liking that Porsche engine a little more, or the Lamborghini engine a little bit more. So, well, how about this? If you're a Patreon, please subscribe. Or if you're not a Patreon, Patreon. yet, subscribe. Give us one dollar and give us your response, and we will read them off. No, just ping <laughs> us on the page and tell us which one you like more. Yes. We're getting rid of the uh, patron only interactions so. ah all right well anyway so yeah let us know which one you prefer i think that the porsche is cute well it's tough because the porsche is like restored and this Lamborghini is like well i'm just saying tractor to, tractor to tractor 
not 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 risk not quality not individual ones but as the vehicle itself because i think you know this porsche is really cute but i really like the grill on the lamp if you took the grill and put that on everything else porsche i think that'd be perfect put the headlights like they are in the lamborghini because i think those headlights are really cute I also like how one's just kind of kinked down a little looks like bit. A, looks like a children's movie character. It does. Like They're both. They both do. But I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Let us know which one you prefer more. Uh, you know, it's also I noticed that the Lamborghini has a four lug pattern. So that would be the only four lug Lamborghini ever. Four by like two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> the no, back no, looks it, like it's honestly, it looks like it's four by one forty. It looks like it's a Subaru lug pattern. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it it's very, a GL ten well in disguise. So there you go. That's uh, th- that's what gave you the Mira. I that is a that's well not that's the, a not, bit not of a Mira, stretch. But the um, <laughs> what was the first one? It was the three hundred GT or something. Yeah, three fifty GT or something. Yeah, the Lamborghini three fifty GT. Well, that 35, was thirty five hundred GT. Yeah, three thirty five hundred GT. That's Sounds what it was. Right, yeah, but that was the tractor that was in production when uh, Lamborghini that car was it. being designed. No, when <laughs> uh, what was Sanfuccio Lamborghini? What was his yeah, name? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, when Ferruccio Lamborghini was uh, having his argument with... Ferdinand uh, versus Ferruccio. Yeah, versus uh, Ferrari. <laughs> so, there you go. Let, let us know. Uh, I'm a fan of the Porsche. It's the only time you'll ever hear me say that a German product you know, is better than an Italian product. To be the obtuse guy, I'm going to go with the Lamborghini because liquid cooling. Yeah, there you go. I like the air cooling in the Porsche. It goes to the whole Porsche MO. I do like the... Uh... The swollen forehead beluga whale look of the Porsche, though. You know, another thing about that Lamborghini, <laughs> Lamborghinis are designed in Italy, so therefore every single like liquid passage in that engine is probably really tiny. So I may go with that Porsche because that will actually work. The below Porsche engine probably degrees. cools better. Yeah, it's probably a better air. engine overall. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go with the Porsche. Burgers going with the Lamborghini, and it is up to you to let us know. Jana says Porsche because the Porsche is really cute. Mm-hmm. However, did you notice the uh, left eye on the Lamborghini? It was all googly. It was a little it was derpy. It's kind of derpy. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's it looks cute. like an honest as, simpleton. As a vehicle, I will take the Lamborghini. Between these two exact examples, I'll take that Ferrari over the Porsche because of its derpy eye. You just eye. said Ferrari. Or, I'm sorry, Lamborghini over the Porsche because of its derpy eye. Anyway, so that's what I need to talk about. I noticed both of those. The, I, I saw that there was a Porsche and a Lamborghini that were for sale at the same time I'm bringing a trailer um, a couple weeks ago. And they weren't direct competitors or anything, but they were both Porsche and Lamborghinis, and they were about the same price. I'm and, like, yeah, like a year apart. That's kind of impressive. Well, no, th- these were I, – I, mm-hmm. I didn't say tractors. I just said a Porsche. Like, it was a 930 Turbo oh. and then, like, a Lamborghini <laughs> Islero. We, we can equate it. It's the same. <laughs> so I said they were both going for, like, $45,000. It's like, a really good Islero and a terrible 930. And I'm like, hmm. I don't know if that's a fair comparison. <laughs> I'm like, I wonder what's cooler, Lamborghini or Porsche. Obviously, the Countach is the best car, but as a as a brand, so I had to find their you know, most basic product. It's the just the unique brand of arbitrage. If you're still <laughs> listening, us. you probably expect that of us anyway. <laughs> yes, so. exactly. Well, fine. I, I think that the uh, the Porsche is probably going to win overall, but that's you know it's it's whatever. It's because it's cute. But it, you know what, the Lamborghini needs its time in the sun too. So there is that. Fair enough. It, I don't want things to get overlooked and shoved into the corner. So, <laughs> Speaking of actually overlooked and shoved into the corner things, um, I was actually perusing for uh, an article, a story, yes. for whatever, and I, I came across just a post on the, the old.reddit.com are cars, and it was, what engine platform is surprisingly good for modification that you never would have thought of? 
So basically, what's an engine platform out there that like there are performance parts for, and they're really stout and easy to make power with, but like nobody knows about them. So I'll go first, but like pick three. Oh, I got three. Okay, go first. My then. life is three. <clears throat> Give me three. We'll, we'll do one at a time. Okay, fine. Uh, I'll go, my, my first I'll one. I'll go second. You go first. The uh, Ford 2.3 four-cylinder. That's, that's Not a great the Ecotec. answer. The old, the SVO The motor. old one. Yeah. The, the one that's in my, my van. And the, the Ranger. Yeah, that one. Oh, no, no, talking... the one that's in my van. The MZR? No, MZ, MZW. <laughs> that engine actually, there's a lot of weird stuff you can do with those to yeah. make good power on them. Yeah, but they, they really have a... A very finite threshold. Where they, they, they have just... a finite for forced induction. Yeah. However, yeah. if you're looking to do bolt-on parts, yeah. like my van picks up like almost 30 horsepower from intake head and exhaust. That's pretty impressive for an NA. That's really, really impressive, the stuff that you can do with an NA on that. And then the thing is, is like, for a 2.3, you can also get the 2.5 bottom end from a Fusion, yeah. which goes on there, and that will then give you even more power. So I think if you do a 2.5 and you put some money into it, you can get over 200 horsepower on it. The only gripe I have about that engine is not at all related to its power output, and that is the friction fit flywheel key for the timing chain, which makes those almost impossible to rebuild. You know what? The uh, timing chains almost never go out on those. That is true. But I'm yeah. just saying, like, if you have to do a front seal on those, the odds of you slipping timing and having to replace your engine is extremely high. That's true. I don't want to touch that. Speaking of another quirky engine that is 2.3 liters in displacement and also a good platform, the Saab 2.3T. Really? That inline four is seriously stout. So the one that they use in the 9.5 and the 9.3 Vigan. Okay. Yeah, way back in the day. Wow. Yeah, one of like the, I mean, it had to be strong. It was a derivative of the old 900 turbo engine, which was always two liters, but the 2.3 specifically. That engine, you can more than double the stock output. And That's fine. Really odd. I did not know that. I, I just would have. Yeah, right. There's I would have thought that they were all horrible, like, horrible, just nightmare engines. They like are because they sludge like a one MZ. Yeah, but to, if you know, if you can keep the sludge out of them, they're actually pretty solid. That's amazing. The transmissions are made out of like potatoes, though. I mean, oh okay, oh, okay. Power. So that that's that's where your your yeah. Achilles heel is. Yep. That's why you don't ever see them. Correct. Um, speaking of terrible transmissions, yeah, the Oldsmobile Chiva. Almost exclusively automatic. Yeah. The GM Quad 4. High output. Yeah. Quad 4. That's 184 a, horsepower that's a version. Kick-ass engine. Good engine. But uh, remember, the Oldsmobile Aerotech was 800 horsepower. Was that the race engine based on the Quad 4? That was a, the when they first designed the Quad 4. They designed the Quad 4 to be, to be used in the Aerotech as a hmm. concept car. Where Oldsmobile set a production or a land speed record for like concept or something, like in the yeah. late '80s. But then the they just detuned it. They kept all the architecture the same. Huh. Um, and then they made the quad four. That's why the high output they could just make 180 horsepower on that. Yeah, it's a, actually a pretty good looking engine. The and valve covers always look terrible, yeah, but the intake I loved manifolds. The, I love those valve covers. They were so '80s. It was Dude, great. Dude, it was like typing. With a font that your kid created on the sidewalk with chalk. I liked it. On a production now, cover. I'm going to pull one of these up just so you keep There, talking. This is the thing. Um, there's actually aftermarket parts of these. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, so you can get like Eagle HB rods and stuff. And I, I've told my story about the guy who... They're vintage eligible on a couple of series. Yeah, and there was, uh, there was, uh, there was a guy that I... Uh, I love that. What are you talking about? It's a great font. I'm trying to find... Here it is. Keep talking. I'm just looking at this font, trying to see what the issue is. And it, I don't see it, it just looks like a toddler drew it. That's okay. all. 
Anyway, so um, I've told the story about the guy who bought the Eagle Rods that we had in yes. clearance and made performance, and he put them on like a nine-second Achiva. Where um, we thought it was fraud. Yeah, I thought I was convinced. Yeah, no, nobody wants that. But no, I was wrong because you also have to understand this engine like came out in like the mid '80s. Like this, if this high output quad four was put in the Fiero, oh the yeah, the Fiero would have annihilated everything. That would have been the coolest car in the world. I mean, that, yeah, that intake manifold is chonky. Like you know that thing's making power. Yeah, that's a very very cool engine. But um, yeah, that's an engine nobody ever thinks of. The, to make power on, and I, if if answer. if I was gonna build an engine, I don't like that guy by the way. Yeah, I don't like him either. Okay, if I was gonna <laughs> build an engine, I like if for an American car, it wasn't a V8. It would one hundred percent be a quad. Has four. anyone said put that in the Mondale? No, I'm waiting for somebody to say that. All right, that'd if be you a guys great come engine. on. If you're ever a guest on the podcast, that should be your answer. Yeah, that's that's the correct answer. Is a quad four high output. Yeah, that'd be a very 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 you could cool even engine. Easily get it with a transaxle too. What, what's what's your third? Uh, my third, actually my second, sorry, is the two point. I think it's a two point two liter. Anyway, maybe it's a two liter, but the Cobalt SS Turbo. Oh the, yeah, the those late are Cobalt SS. Yeah, that's a really good engine. The There's EcoTech a, Turbo apparently is like just the EcoTech as a whole because you can run the the EcoTech two three I think is what it was the NA one. They had a two o a two two a two it four. A two, two. It was a two two. That's what it was. But the EcoTech two two is just as good. Hmm. Um, so back then when we used to go out street racing, there was this Mexican dude who had a like copper Cavalier with an eBay Turbo kit on it, and he was running an AutoZone clutch, and he would uh, the guys. Whenever his car would go, his clutch would start slipping because he was making like 380 horsepower, something How ridiculous. How the hell did he swap an Ecotec into a Cavalier? The last generation of Cavalier had an Ecotec like option. Like the 05? The very last couple of years, yeah. Huh. So didn't know that. Super late model Cavaliers had an Ecotec 2.2. That, I'm going to, ahead of the game right now, that's what I learned this week. You can get there an Ecotec and yeah. a Cavalier. The very last couple of years. Weird. Um,. But yeah, no, he had one, and he was—he would take that. Out. He upset a lot of like, like, <laughs> like not just beat them, but like made people like, like really fucking mad, like, like inordinately angry because it was this dude that one hundred percent did not speak English, and he He's had just flat foot shifting his Cavalier. Yeah, and, flat foot shifting his Cavalier with his AutoZone clutch, smelling like it was awful smelling. <laughs> When he would go by, and that car would dick on everything, like some. So he beat, he beat a uh, actually surprisingly quick Iroxy. Had hmm. an LS in it. He beat a uh, a lot of Evos and WRXs. That's ridiculous. Which is hilarious. Uh, every single VR6 he went up against, he beat. And <laughs> <laughs> like, there's some good, very butthurt people. I think the most butthurt I saw was a guy with a um, 18T A4 with a front mount on it. Uh, I don't know what else he d- had done to it, but it sounded quick. And uh, yeah, he got beaten by one car length, and he just got super mad, slammed his door, got into an argument, and then went home and I never saw him again. It was very funny, so that's surprising. Yes. <laughs> so what, what? What's your third choice? My third is actually. I mean, this might not sound that surprising, but the Ford Coyote, so the five-liter V8, the TIVCT you know, c- engine. C- compared to the, is compared to the LS, I get it because nobody touches those. 
Well, that's the thing. I'm just like, well, I mean, the specific output of the Coyote is already like super high. Like it's a five liter engine that like in crappy spec makes 420 horsepower. Yeah. But like you can NA power mod those things up a hundred horsepower. Oh yeah. Like they're great. They're engines. not at all stressed out in stock form, which is surprising for something that's NA and kind of no frills. Yeah. Like it, I, I just didn't expect that out of that engine. Well, and then forced induction, you can get them up to. Well, the other thing is. Ford had a huge problem for the longest time. This Ford small block was would split the blocks in half. Yeah, the 302s. Yeah, they mm-hmm. would do that for a long time. But mm-hmm. I don't think the Coyote does that, does it? I'm pretty sure it doesn't because there are plent- plenty of four-digit horsepower Coyotes with power adders. Yeah, that, that's very cool. Um, probably any of the EcoBoost things, too. I think it would be a... Yeah, but that's not surprising. Those are turbo. Yeah. Jana, do you have any cars that are... That, like, you see that are, like, surprisingly fast? That, like, you don't think about? Mm. Uh, they're not, like, super fast, but I know Sienna scoot a lot faster. Than That's actually the, the... The 2GRFE. Yeah, yeah. The, the Sienna, the 3.3 V6. 3.5. Well, the 3.5. Well, that one, can you make power on those? Those are the only ones you make power on. Well, no, because her the three three. That's the one where you have the factory supercharger, and then you can put the H twenty two Honda Prelude pistons into it because they yeah, share but, the same bore. But nobody and does that. Rispin. Yeah, yeah. That guy with that uh, EW eleven MR two in town. I think his name's like John Parker or something like that. But um, no, he's got a EW eleven MR two V six with Jana's engine. Well, yeah. With H twenty two pistons in it. It's a really good engine, but the really the the. I mean, you can't like just NA tune those and make power. Yeah. No, no, but you. Can, but the thing is, Toyota has a factory supercharger that was for well, the for three the liter. Three liter, yeah. But will bolt onto the three three. I guess I'll accept that answer. I'm so still. There's, there's that. I don't, I, I don't know. It's just. I don't know. That that is a my phone call. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just like not necessarily a specific Sienna engine. Just like you just expect Every generation, them to, yeah. you know, just be like. You know, grocery getters. Yeah, it's a very humdrum, like, I'm yeah, just doing my job. Because, like, I live right next to V6. my high school, right? yeah. and I had a bunch of, like, teenage boys and, like, clapped out Mustangs try to race me at stoplights, and I'm always like, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's and do I, it. Throw it down. I win every time. Yeah, I remember, like, hood rat stuff in Jimmy's old yeah, uh, yeah, ES300s. ES300, same engine, yeah. Oh, cause, yeah, I had the auto with the 1MZ. Yeah. And then he had the manual with the 3VZ. Both of those were 3-liter V6s. And yeah, they, I mean, they were like 17 one-quarter mile cars. They weren't fast, but, you it's know. The 060, it was the eighth mile was a lot better because it'd fall on its face after about Well, like, that was the automatic one. The The stick was so much faster. Well, the automatics, what happens is they're very, very fast up to about 45, 50-ish. Which and is probably they, like the first gear shift. And well, that's the thing is that's when you, they design them that way because you're not going to, you have an engine that only makes so much power, but mm-hmm. you tune it so it's like the touch points on Volkswagens. So we step on the gas, you have all the power in the world. You go, wow, I've got, I can go whatever speed I want. Well, it's just throttle tip in program. Yeah. Right? And nobody really takes a car on a test drive faster than 60. So, which they should. They absolutely should. But um, nobody really does that. And, you know, if you tune an engine to feel and be faster in that range mm-hmm. and then just fall on its face later on, like, that's fine. That's what people want for daily drivability. Yeah, and but that's the thing is with that with that engine, you can you can 
tune out that falling on its face and actually just have power all the time. Yeah, you can, but I mean, you can't just like go buy an off-the-shelf performance intake manifold for that from like four different companies. No, it's true. And that, that's the thing. That's one of those things where it's just like it's a weirdo car where it's just surprising amount of power. Mm-hmm. Did you have any others other than that, honey? Um, other than that? No. No, because, like, I really just, I don't care. Like, Eric and I were talking about this earlier. I don't care what other people think about cars. It's what I think about them. Yeah. So, like, I don't really look for speed or... So, most of the cars I do like are tend to be underappreciated. Yeah, you, you, just, like, you just like the car that's... I just, I like underdog cars, and that's part of the... And the reason why I like them is because people don't, yeah, s- aren't necessarily interested in them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, do you mind if I just give two throwaways then? <laughs> yeah, and I can tell you yes or no. Okay. Uh, Make them quick. The Lada Riva. Okay. Yeah. That engine is over square. Can rev over. Uh, it, it, you can rev those up over ten thousand RPM. It's a lump of iron. It's a great yeah. platform. Yeah. That's a, okay. Okay. That one. Great. Right. Yep. Um, and <laughs> God, so weird. <laughs> just, I had to come up with something super, super, super weird. Um, and then the other one that you can actually make power on, um, the Honda F series, not the S two thousand engine, the ninety right, the through nine, the ninety motor. through. 2003 Accord four-cylinder because those engines share architecture with the H22. The H22 is based off that. It's got the highest flowing factory cylinder head and Bizimoto proved that you can make power on it because between 2006 and 2011, the world's fastest Honda NA. NA Honda, yeah. NA Honda. You made like 350 horse NA out of an F22. Yes, was on a Honda F22 out of a 91 Accord LX. I knew you were going to drop the F-Series somewhere. Yeah, okay. it, that was that was so that was just a throw. I have yeah. an idea. Can we put a lot of engine in a Yugo? No, no, because Ladas are longitudinal and Yugos are transverse. Okay, yeah. never mind. We could put a quad. Wait, four so house, you're saying you could put the Lada engine into the Subaru? Uh, no, you could put the Yugo engine in, in a uh, Mondial. Yes. yes. That's I assume that's what you were Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> My brain has oh been my God. Can you going imagine blank? how awful that would be? That actually, would be so bad, but I kind of just, like, I think that would be It's, it's another engine where you can actually make some power. The thing is, Russians take shit and actually force them to make power. Well, it's, it's an old Fiat design, but the thing is, they made it such a small displacement engine that it's pretty much just crap. Yep. Yeah. That, that's the thing. But, I mean, for its displacement, you can actually get it over 100 horsepower on a Yugo. You heard yeah. it here first, folks. Anyway, things we learned. This week. I already got for, mine out of the way. What was yours again? You could get a factory Ecotech engine in a Cavalier. Yep, there you go. Perfect. And that, honey, that vehicle you have some good three ones. Three generations of engines. No, I don't have any good ones because my brain has been mush all week. But I did, you know, while recording the podcast last week, finish my independent study summary and I got a B on it. Nice. There you go. I learned actually at um, when, Jana's, when Jana's old family thinks her uncle died. Um, Last week, so it's no, kind of a like a month ago. Well, a month ago, but yeah, her, the, say, all the, wasn't last week. All the things are last week, but um, this week. yeah, yeah, but this is dropping on Monday, so okay. it was last week. Uh, I learned that California income tax, yeah, does not change regardless of if your value goes up until you sell the house. Property tax, sorry, not, not, income. not income tax, property tax. Interesting. So they reassess when you sell a house, but yes. not while you live there? Not while you live there. That's so Jana's uncle got a ranch before San Francisco's real estate market went insane. Mm-hmm. And Ben from Japanese Nostalgic Car just bought a house in Echo Park, which hasn't yet gentrified, but it's full hipsters. 
and okay. coffee shops. Oh, so it's like my neighborhood. So well, it's well, my neighborhood's not there yet. Yeah, but it, it's, we'll get it's, there. It'll <laughs> it's getting there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's. I mean, they still did clear out like three homeless people out of the house, and they moved in. <laughs> That did not know each other were living there. Oh, my um, so Just three okay. completely indiv- independent homeless people. That's pretty great. Uh, but, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. So, when you buy a, when you have a house in California, if you move into the neighborhood that hasn't gentrified yet, you get in before gentrification, your land value can be worth millions and millions and millions of dollars. And if you bought the house for $200,000, you're paying $200,000 interest. You're paying property tax based on well, sorry, two hundred thousand yes. dollars valuation. Yeah, sorry, property yes. tax. Yes. Sorry, <laughs> I um, knew what you meant. Yeah, it was just but said that, in a profoundly stupid way. I'm sorry. That is, <laughs> you're right. I got no excuse. That was me. I'm I'm an idiot sometimes. <laughs> me too. But uh, yeah, that that was <clears throat> profoundly interesting to me. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good factoid. Yeah, there you go. I have won this week. I think. Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I won. Oh, and we already talked about the porcupine thing, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. there you go. Yeah, that's that's also fascinating, but yeah. Yeah, Jana won last I'm, week. I'm, I'm working on <laughs> these animals I'm not like, and archaeology. You're, next you're, next you're, episode, I'm just like, I'm chooching now. You're, yeah. you're turning into us. Your, your brain's full of random shit. You don't need to know. Ryan, that has always been the case <laughs> for me. It's just a completely different type of random crap. Uh, anyway. Like, between you, Trig, and Ryan. It's a bad place. Yeah. You it's know, Sadia Minhas once said, um, between Ryan Triggenberger, there isn't a fact that is not known. Not one worth knowing, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Anyway, thank you for listening to our uh, ramblings. And yep. go look at the llamas at the Minnesota Zoo. Yes, the Minnesota Zoo has llamas. That's why if you are watching on Twitch, Jana's clutching oh, yeah. a bunch of llamas. I got, I got two llamas. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, she's, got, she's got llamas. That's Actually, one's, the big one's an alpaca, but anyway. Yeah, uh, so matter. thank you for listening. Yep, we'll talk to you guys. Well, we'll talk at you guys later this week. Yes. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.